are Locked On Trailblazers, your daily Portland Trailblazers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to a October 5th, Friday, Blazers game day edition of the Locked On Blazers podcast. I'm your host, Eric Garcia Gunderson, editor at USA Today's LeBron Wire, writer for the AP and former Blazer beat writer at the Vancouver Columbian. Welcome back to Locked On Blazers, part of the Locked On podcast network. I know I said I'd be back on Thursday. I'm a little late on that, but I'm here before the Friday game, before the preseason game that goes down tonight. I know I said that it is Blazers game day, but it is still preseason, but it's also still game day. So um, Portland facing off against the Phoenix Suns tonight down in the Valley of the Sun, uh, a place where Portland has had some trouble over the years, but then also last year that was kind of the win that got them started. Uh, They, you know, blew them out without C.J. McCollum in the first game. And uh, that was kind of the beginning of the end for Earl Watson and company over there, that that era of Suns basketball. But um, as far as today is concerned, uh, Mo Harkless still going to be out for the Blazers. He's still kind of working his way back from injury. Uh, Devin Booker also going to be out for uh, the Phoenix Suns as he deals with a broken right hand that he's coming back from. So... Um, you know, may not be the most exciting game. It's still the preseason after all. But uh, it's basketball. It's Blazer basketball. And we're going to get some tonight. So, um, although I think you're going to have a tough time finding it on TV this evening. Uh, I do think it's it's going to be one of those. I think they're airing all the home games this year. All the home preseason games on Comcast. There's one on Sunday. But uh, I don't think they're going to show tonight's game on uh, local television. You're going to have to find it uh, through NBA League Pass, which is a free preview right now, I'm pretty sure. Um, I don't think they uh, have any restrictions. So you can watch preseason games on League Pass if you have cable, uh, I believe. Uh, so uh, that's the pregame stuff for today's game. Uh, I think that's kind of all we have to expect right now. I think it's even still too early uh, to, to kind of look at rotations of what Stotts is doing, given the fact that Harkless is out right now. It's kind of hard to envision what that rotation is going to be, in my opinion. Although, uh, obviously, you know, people on the beat that are there every day are picking up little trends. Uh, I know that Joe Freeman said the other day on the Rip City Report that uh, it looks like Nick Stauskas is going to play, um, and maybe he'll get a chance to play. And and given that he's a veteran, has been in the league, and knows how things work, uh, gives him a leg up on guys like Gary Trent. And, uh, you know, that, that matters. Uh, you know, I know that in NBA 2K, it's always better to just go with the younger guy because you know they're usually going to get better faster. But you know life isn't like NBA 2K, and so um, and real life is not like that. So maybe Stauskas is going to get some more playing time. It seems like he's going to be out there, and uh, it seems like uh, he's going to get a chance. And he shot the ball well last year for the Brooklyn Nets after getting traded, uh, and. 
Yeah, but I, as far as everything else is concerned, you know, I'm not, I'm not sure what, what to look for, uh, in terms of preseason growth, uh, because it's, it's really just hard to take any of that, uh, at face value. So that, that's just the problem that I have. And, you know, this is my seventh year covering the NBA, uh, from start to finish like this, covering the whole season, uh, since I was working for the Blazers and, um, I can count, I, I might run out of places on my hand to count how many times I've made an observation in preseason and then completely forgot about it. And, uh, you know, I remember a couple of years ago, uh, after LaMarcus left, the, the Blazers were running, uh, some of the Wesley Matthews sets and flare screens for Myers Leonard. Uh, to to pop out and and shoot threes, and then they never did that ever again. And so that's the kind of stuff that I'm talking about. It's like I I'm not gonna give my brain to try and you know figure out what they're doing when they don't even know what they're doing. Right now they're just throwing stuff at the wall, uh, you know, trying to figure things out. And Portland does have a lot more continuity than most teams, but I do still think that uh, they're not going to be bringing out anything that is going to uh, swing any games or any strategy stuff that's really going to change, in my opinion, uh, between now and the start of the regular season. So, uh, yeah, no, I'm I'm looking forward to tonight's game tonight, even though Harkless is not going to be ready. And Harkless also told Joe Freeman that uh, he might be on a – minutes restriction in the regular season to start the regular season um and that he's trying to play in the preseason but that uh he was most likely going to be on a restriction in the opening night which doesn't sound great does not sound great um more not great things about mo harkless's knee uh you know you hope they take the time with it uh, the fact that he's still on a restriction still not playing is not a good sign um and he is going to sit out uh, tonight's game and hopefully he can continue to get better, uh, and maybe we see him before the regular season starts in less than two weeks now. Opening night is less than two weeks away, October 18th at the Moda Center with LeBron James and the Lakers coming to town. But uh, that is going to do it for our kind of game preview for this game. We're going to talk a little bit about the results from the NBA's GM survey that came out earlier this week in a second. So we're back here on Locked On Blazers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, and uh, here to talk about the results from the annual NBA GM survey and what they said about your trailblazers and some of the guys on the team in the franchise, and uh, some interesting results, I think, and uh, I think some of it can be a, a little bit of recency bias. Uh, given things that went down in the playoffs last year, but that's how this thing is. It's a yearly thing, so it, it, recency bias is going to be part of it. Um, you're, there's no way to uh, kind of fall out of that, uh, you know, fallacy, if you will. There's just no way to get out of it uh, when you're doing a yearly survey like this. But uh, I think, uh, interestingly enough, I think a really kind of a, a positive bit of news is that it seems like the NBA's GMs 
have a much higher opinion of the Blazers than basically everybody on the NBA internet. Um, and that is something that I found very interesting. Um, and I think that speaks to the value of continuity that, that the league's decision makers see. The fact that they respect this team, the fact that they can win you know, a bunch of games and, you know, maybe when they get to the playoffs, they have some drawbacks, but they're going to win games, I, I think is 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 the takeaway that I get from the NBA GMs picking them to finish sixth uh, in the in the rankings. Um, obviously, you know, it's behind a lot of teams in their own division, like Oklahoma City, Utah, and uh, uh, Oklahoma City, Utah, and Denver. But, you know, Portland is... They, they have a lot more reliability uh, from a year to year. Um, and Denver was not ahead of them. Excuse me. It was the Lakers that were ahead of uh, the Blazers on the uh, NBA GM survey. But, uh, and, and that's expected. They have the best player in the world. They just added the best player. So, like, yeah, sorry. Um, but Portland is right there. And, you know, theoretically, um, you know, if... if it shakes out the way that the NBA's decision makers think it will, they could be fighting for seeding. You know, projections are just projections. They're kind of a ballpark. There's always uh, changes when you get to the season, whether you're looking at the point differential, you're looking at the uh, plus minus, you're looking at all that stuff over the course of a season. And, you know, these projection systems can really, are really great at giving you an idea of how the season's going to shake out. But I think... Sometimes it's 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 the little things, it's the clutch plays, it's the randomness, it's it, it's it's the little things in the season that will end up making your record what it really is. And um, you know, Portland's going to have an opportunity to face the Lakers in some, or potentially you know, outwork the Lakers, maybe win the tiebreaker. Those two games early in the season not only are they going to be exciting because LeBron James is on the Lakers, but now it's going to be even more exciting because there's going to be meaning behind these games. There's going to be potential seeding implications with these games. And uh, I think that's really exciting. I think, you know, I know that it's been really hard around here to drum up excitement uh, for this team, given the fact that they've lost eight straight or ten straight playoff games now, uh, they're on quite the the streak of, of losing in the postseason. They just got handled and swept for the second year in a row, this time by a lower seeded team. So I get why the um, general discourse about Blazers basketball right now is negative. Uh, I you know I can't think of. Um, a single person right now out on the internet that's saying, hey, the Blazers, watch out for them. Because they, people have done that for the last two years and they've gotten swept in the playoffs. Yet, they're still going to be a very good regular season team. I think they're still going to win a lot of games. I still think they're going to make the playoffs. And, um, you know, the, and, and once you get there, you know, things can happen. Guys get hurt. Things go your way. It, you know, it, it, it's it's... It's an imperfect uh, destiny, but it is it, it 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 is there is something to play for. They are there is some pride in that, and I think it's really going to be fun for me um, in the regular season to see the seeding battle. Every night's going to matter. The Western Conference. That's one of the best things about it is that um, 
every inch counts. And so, you know, starting on opening night, uh, Portland's going to have, you know, to, to battle out the seeding with a lot of teams in the West. And the Lakers are going to be one of those teams. And, uh, you know, I hope it shakes out that way. I hope the Blazers and Lakers are neck and neck because, uh, to be honest, I think I said this on an earlier podcast, but the Blazers, it's more, it, the, rooting for the Blazers is a lot more fun when the Lakers are good. Um, you know, I know it's been fun that the Blazers have uh, dominated the Lakers and beaten them like 16 times in a row or something like that. They, you know, it's been like four years since they haven't lost to the Lakers. Um, and that's that's great. That's a, a great. But but how fun is that really? I mean, is it is it really fun to to beat down on uh you know the Jordan Clarksons of the world, or is it fun to play when when the the Lakers uniform means a little bit more? I mean, I I, I think it's I think it's going to be more fun now that LeBron's with the Lakers. It's going to be a fun place. Uh, to, it's going to be a fun matchup. It's going to be a fun place to be on opening night, and I think uh, it's going to be a fun rivalry again. I, I, you know, it hasn't been a rivalry for very long, and uh, you know, I think you look at the Lakers situation as well. You know, they're not on Golden State's level. You know, they're not on Houston's level, but um, you know. Portland is a level that they can get to, and and a lot of people think they're already better. But I think Portland, you know, I think Dame, I think CJ, I think they're going to really be excited to play against the Lakers on that big stage. And I think to have that battle, that back and forth for seeding all season is going to be a really fun kind of mini arc within the season is how the Blazers and Lakers from opening night and through the rest of the season kind of battle it out uh, for those mid-playoff seeds to see who gets them. I think that's going to be really fascinating, and I think it's going to be really fun. And I'm, I'm, I'm excited for um, that dynamic of Blazers basketball that I grew up with to be back. Uh, because, uh, and, and, you know, anybody that's, you know, you know, at least like 25, you know, maybe remembers the Kobe years and the Shaq years. Uh, and then, you know, you also got, uh, I just watched the fast break documentary about the 1977 championship team. I mean, Portland had to beat the Lakers to get to the finals. They had to, you know, Bill Walton had to beat Kareem Abdul-Jabbar in the Western Conference finals to make it to the NBA finals. And so, um, you know, you look at, uh, the conference finals back in the early '90s, Portland lost one to to the Lakers, and and even in the glory, whenever Portland's had their best years, the Lakers have always been great. So I um, am very much looking forward to uh, that rivalry and kind of the the Lakers being good, kind of bringing bringing more out of the Blazers, and also I think the fans here that love to cheer against the Lakers. Um, a couple other notes from the NBA's GM survey. Uh, Damian Lillard surprisingly omitted from the best point guard list, as I mentioned, folks. Recency bias. It is going to happen. Uh, there's no I, – I, I mean, I, I think you could really make an argument, for me anyway, that, that Dame is better than Russell Westbrook. But, um, you know, Russell Westbrook gets triple doubles. And so, you know, people automatically think he's better. And so um, – yeah, uh, you know I don't. You know I don't know. Um, th- this is one of those. I-, I think it's a yearly thing. I think Dame um, having the playoff performance that he had, uh, even though he was injured, which nobody talks about that at all, um, and certain other point guards get uh, their injury excuses uh, 
two years after the fact. But anyway, uh, Dame not being on the list, I think it's recency bias. I think it's BS. Um, he's obviously one of the best point guards in the league, so we can move on from that. Uh, Damian Lillard, though, was ranked as the fourth best leader in the league. Uh, best leader went to LeBron James, and uh, Damian Lillard was right behind Al Horford for best leader. And then Gary Trent, uh, the second-round pick for the Trailblazers, who I have been very happy to see. I liked him in Summer League when the bits I saw of him, uh, things I've read about him uh, in practice. Casey Holdall actually had a really good piece on the Blazers team website about Gary Trent and the confidence he's shown in camp. Um, you know, that's the type of stuff that you like to see. Um, and you like to hear things from CJ McCollum that he's got the NBA ready body. And, you know, if things uh, don't go well with Stauskas or maybe being just the young guy that he is, if he gets better and gets on the court, you know, that's going to be big, add more depth and more shooting to this Blazers second unit. So, um, that's all the notes from the NBA GM survey, and then I want to talk about one more story before we wrap this up about Evan Turner and trying to find the right balance to make the Blazers win games with him on the court. So, uh, finding the right balance of Evan Turner. This is uh, something that uh, Corbin and I talked about on uh, our podcast when we evaluated the wing positional group and uh, discussed uh, what the deal is, you know, with that positional group of which Turner is a big part of. Mo Harkless being uh, injured doesn't help them sort that out very much here in the preseason. But uh, that's still going to be the task for them because they have paid Evan Turner uh, a good amount of money. They have invested a lot of their cap space in him and they need him to be uh, the third primary creator that they want him to be. Uh, they want him to be a guy that can alleviate the playmaking burden from Damon CJ to get them open shots, to get open shots for other players, to potentially take the pressure off the defense sometimes and score himself in one-on-one -on -one situations. You know, th this is, those are the things that Turner has needed to do, but um, you know, figuring out how to do that with Damon CJ, who also need the ball in their hands, uh, is difficult. And it's been really hard for Portland over the last two seasons to find that balance. There have been times where they found it, and then he gets hurt, uh, then they have to refind it, and it, it, it's been really hard. But uh, Mike Richmond, who is over at NBC Sports Northwest now, uh, our old pal from the Oregonian, had a really interesting uh, analytical piece that went up this week about um, the Turner dilemma. And he unearthed a really great stat, I thought, that was uh, fantastic about Turner's usage rate. Now, usage rate, for those of you who are unaware, means that your usage rate depends on how many possessions you end with a shot, a turnover, or a foul. So um, possessions where you end the possession. And when Turner had a usage rate of 13% or higher, the Blazers were 37 and 17. But when his usage dipped below 13%, the Blazers were 11 and 14. So as Richmond notes in the piece, this is, I'm using his words right now, the Evan Turner that stands and watches is a detriment. If he's on the court, the Blazers have to find ways to get him involved, and that means giving him more more playmaking duties and more chances to initiate offensive sense as the point forward. So, um, 
when you're looking at the Blazers' second unit, they're going to have four guys on the court that can shoot and Evan Turner. You know, that is, I think, what we're going to see out there. Um, whether it's Zach Collins at the four or uh, Jake Lehman at the four or, uh, you know, you got Gary Trent or Stauskas, you know, Stauskas, Curry, you can go two, three with them or one, two, and then you have Turner as the nominal three, even though he's going to be bringing the ball up. You have Collins and Lehman out there. You know, that's four guys they can shoot. Maybe you do Collins and Myers Leonard um, and, and you figure it out that way. But, um that is, you know, I guess that's one of the, the the decisions as to why Portland prioritized shooting so much in the offseason. They tried to get Mario Hazonia, and he got signed by the Knicks. And so they went with Seth Curry. They signed Nick Stauskas, and they got shooting at a value. And so uh, the hope for the Blazers is, and if they're going to be competing for uh, competing with the Lakers for those mid-tier spots to potentially get in that 4-5 spot, maybe avoid Golden State's bracket uh, in the playoffs, that's going to be uh, a very important thing. Is, is Turner creating and and you know taking those shots sometimes and trying to get to the line? And that's been one of the problems is you know he's started off poor sometimes. He his shooting go. I think the first couple of months. Uh, in Portland in his first season were way below his, his career averages shooting in the mid range. And, um, you know, maybe this year with just an understanding of how they want to use him more, how, you know, Ed Davis, while Ed Davis was a great player for the Blazers, maybe the calculus was the fit with Ed Davis and Evan Turner on the court at the same time maybe doesn't work. I mean, you look at Evan Turner's kind of best years uh, were in Boston, and those were Boston teams that played with guys that were basically just shooters at the five. You know, they, they, they at least played with space, even if they weren't very good shooters. And so um, maybe the the Blazers are thinking, hey, we can kind of do some special effects here with this, uh, with the added shooting with Stauskas and, and, and Curry and some of the draft picks. And Layman, if he continue, if he shoots the way everyone says he's been shooting in camp, um, you know that I think, it, or and Myers Leonard and Zach Collins as well, you know guys that are going to be counted on to shoot threes. If that spacing uh, creates more avenues for Evan Turner to go to work and be more efficient, that's going to be ultimately very good for the Blazers. So go read that piece over at NBC Sports Northwest from Mike Richmond about the Evan Turner dilemma. Very good read, very informative read, and uh, we'll teach you a little bit about the Blazers, which is always the best. So um, that's going to do it for this edition of Locked on Blazers. Subscribe. We will have uh, a report after things go down tonight in Phoenix and then the Blazers are going to be playing on Sunday I'm going to be at that game uh, against the Utah Jets so until next time keep it locked here and we will see you very very soon